Well, hello, guys, ghouls, and all you spooky people in between. My name is Ruth, and for the very first time, will you take a step with me into the Creepatorium? It's the very first episode. How are we all? I hope you're having a lot of fun and now we're in the very midst of spooky season um welcome to creepatorium this is a very exciting venture for me the energy will be very chaotic um so prepare yourself for that <laughs> um i mean it's the best time to start it's spooky season you know when's when would be a better time to start with something that's a little bit spooky a little bit more unusual with a focus on all of the strange things that the world has to offer, true crime, you know, so many different parts of the world that are so interesting. It's the best time to start. Why wouldn't we be? So this podcast is going to have a lot of different things in it that I kind of, I have a lot of passion in. I would say are close to my heart, but I don't know if that's kind of the right thing to say. Um, I'm a huge fan of true crime since forever. Um, and I... I'm predominantly going to make this a true crime podcast. This is going to be true crime um, from across the world. I'm not just going to do like UK based ones or anything like that. It's going to be a big mix of things. Um, I am currently planning one to release, which will be the first true crime episode. Um, but the first episode in general that we have all sat down by the campfire to look at today um, will be a haunted episode because it's Halloween. You know, I thought like something... A little bit more spooky and a little bit more fun would be a really nice way to start the pod- the podcast off and kind of get into the swing of things and get into motion. Because, you know, the first episodes I was going to be a little bit janky and a little bit kind of held together with tape and good intentions while you figure out what, like, what you're doing and find your feet and things like that. So I'm very excited to bring this to you. Um, and I'm doing this in a slightly different way rather than just kind of researching something that I found on the internet. I'm going to talk to you about a place that I've actually visited as well. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of like personal experience from it as well. So we can have a, a good conversation about it. So put your marshmallows on your sticks, get them toasty. Let's all sit around this campfire and let's have a conversation about Haworth Village and Cemetery. Ta-da! <laughs> um, I visited Haworth um, at the beginning of spooky season the beginning of the month because I am a Libra child I'm an October baby and we went um for a little break and also as part of a birthday thing and this place is amazing um I have visited some creepy places before I've visited the plague village as well um which I might cover at some point but visiting Haworth was a a truly truly unique experience this place is like every little goth's dream um and I need to I need to tell everybody about how cool this place is. And there's so much to it. If you're into literature, it's down your street. If you're into like curiosities and creepy things, it's down your street. If you're into history, like there's so many different things that this covers in itself. And it's such an interesting place. And I thought, you know, it's Halloween. Let's start with something spooky. And it's still true. It's still fiction, things like that. So it's a nice, a nice way to start everything off. Um so why don't we begin? So 
Haworth itself is in Yorkshire, so it's in the York Mirrors, um, and you've probably heard people before describe Yorkshire as, like, God's own country. A lot of this place absolutely lives up to that. Like, it's a spot-on description. It's such an interesting little place. It's teeny tiny. Um, when I had a look the last time that the census, the last census I could find, which I think was 2011, um, said there was around, like, 6,300 people in the village. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's really quite little. But it's... It's so beautiful. It's so like picturesque. It's very old English style. Loads of like hillside and fields. Um, obviously it's on the cusp of the moors as well. But it's really hilly and like this old school like cobbled streets. It's so beautiful to look around. It's such a wonderful little place. Um, on the edge of uh, the village as well is a place called Top Withens. Um, and I'm not going to give too much away about Top Withens other than I highly recommend it as a walk. It is a beautiful walk to do. It's about seven miles, I think, um, in total. But it's an amazing little thing. And I don't want to give too much away about that because I'm going to come to something later on. Um, so it's quite a famous village for quite a lot of reasons. Some really good reasons and some not so good reasons. <laughs> Um, but one of the things that I kind of really want to talk about is um, like in the centre of the village, there is a church and a cemetery um, and, a, and a parsonage that are attached to it. And they're going to be the main focus of our little conversation today. So I'm going to start with the church and tell you a little bit about the church. So it's quite it's quite small as far as churches go. But the interesting thing about it is that it's very it's on the main street. So everything in this village is directly with it's in within arm's reach <laughs> like if you want a coffee you can like reach in and grab a coffee and then you could reach in for a shop and like go and grab something else and the church is no exception so there's these big iron gates literally on the front street um, and some little stairs and you can walk around the side of it and go through the cemetery and go through the main entrance of the church um it's kind of creepy it's quite dark the stone is very dark and gray so it looks a little bit kind of ominous but it doesn't have like any bad juju behind it if you get me um the church itself is actually quite new and i didn't realize that at the time so in 19 sorry in 1879 the reverend wade had the original church like demolished just leaving the tower that can be seen with with the the clock and things like that um because obviously it would have been exceptional by that point you can see the outline of a double gabled roof of the old church as well and the foundation stone for the church was laid on Christmas Day in 1879. And it was consecrated on the 22nd of February in 1881 by Bishop Ryan. So this place alone has a lot of history before you even go back further than the 1800s. Like from, from, the, from this point, there's already so much to it. There's so much heritage. There's so many little interesting bits and pieces to it graveyard that surrounds this church um, is called St. Michael and All Angels Graveyard and it lies between the parsonage that I kind of briefly mentioned and the church itself. So on registers that I could find like burials in this particular church go back to 1645. There is a separate cemetery I believe in Haworth but this is the one that I'm going to talk about. Um, interestingly enough amongst all the people resting there there's one really distinct marked grave as well. And I'm going to talk a little, like, a lot more about the rest of the church, but one of these things is just really interesting if you're visiting. Um, so on the pathway as you're walking through, there's a little kind of card for you to read. 
Um, and this is really interesting stone because the stone itself is relatively hidden, but there's a little wooden plaque on a stake that's kind of stuck into the ground and has the initials JS on it um, and a date as well. And it gives you some information about how it was the resting place of one of the last hanged highwaymen in Haworth. Um, and if I remember correctly, it was something to do with him stealing, stealing pigs and things like that. But his grave is marked in particular because he was like the last one. Um, from the time which is really cool because i like that i like that the like the village and the people that are in it um play up to that kind of spooky aura of everything as well and they're like yeah we're really creepy come and have a look at all the creepy stuff that we have come and look at our history and like it's that kind of like horrible histories vibe where they're not hiding it they're very much like yeah there's loads of random weird things that went on here come and have a look at them um the town in itself is kind of crazy so this town has seen everything from water contamination that I'm going to talk about, dysentery as a result of water contamination, smallpox, consumption, everything. This graveyard is hugely overpopulated, and I cannot stress enough how hugely overpopulated that this place is. Bearing in mind that I said that from the 2011 census, it said that there were 6,300 people living in this village. The number buried in this cemetery that you can walk around in probably, if you went around the entire perimeter of it, it would probably take you less than two minutes, is over 40,000 people. 40,000 people. It's like, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Some of the stones of people who have been laid to rest make the walkway that you have to walk on. There are so many people in this place. And like, it's insane. Some of the... Some of the graves are 10 people deep. Like, how awful is that? Can you imagine, like, living in, like, the 1800s and, like, having to re reopen graves to be able to put other people in to lay them to rest? That, that, that's so intense. That's such an insane thing to think about. And when you go in, if you don't know that, you look at it, it does look overcrowded. It looks very... Like, higgledy-piggledy, like, the first part when you first walk in, like, on your left-hand side, where the hanged hanged man is, the graves are all kind of in, like, different directions, like, they're not in nice, neat rows, and it's one of those places where, like, the more you look at it, the more you see, and the more you realise that things aren't quite, like, in inverted commas, like, normal, <laughs> air bunnies, um, and everything's kind of all over the place, and a lot of the graves are quite large as well, um, like very ornate, very absolutely beautiful. I really recommend going and and have a look around. There's a really beautiful grave like at the front where the where the gates are because you can kind of veer off and and go on a walk, um. And just before you get to there, there's this incredible grave. If I can find uh, an image of it on the internet, I'll post it on on the Instagram, um. And it's it's beautiful with this really kind of almost like a lace effect on it, and it has like a bordering wall. Um and most of the people that are buried in the grave I think are under the age of like of under the age of six. And one of them was literally an infant, like it couldn't have even been a few months old. It's so bizarre. Like bizarre's not the right word. Like it well, I suppose it is. It's it's bizarre in the sense that you can't kind of comprehend how so many people can be in one place. When you look at the size of it, it's it's so intense. But like the energy this there is a distinct energy in this place um that's not necessarily negative like 
going on a little tangent for you here for all you ghost hunters um when i visited i i went through the cemetery at night um i have two dogs and i took my dogs for for a walk through um because the main walk out of the village you have to go through the cemetery and go through this little side path that i was talking about um and i have a kind of like a, a cemetery etiquette that i like to go with so like i like to let people know like I'll say that I'm coming in and things like that and let them know because at the end of the day this is where people are laid to rest this is where they are now it's their home so to speak and I want to respect that so let them know that I'm coming in the dogs are walking by my side and things like that and there's just this real sense of an energy and a presence that I couldn't quite put my finger on like I was just stood just looking around and obviously it was getting kind of dark and things like that. It was kind of like the evening time. Um, and at the corner of my eye, I'd seen like a, it was a really distinct icy blue uh, arm, like shoulder and arm uh, behind me. And I, w- I saw it at the corner of my eye and I swung around to go and look at it and there was nothing there. And I know I saw it because it was so dark, seeing this colour that was so bright and vivid. Like, like I can't have not seen that. Um, and I turned around and it was gone. And where it was stood was in the corner where the where the, the hanged man is and where all of the kind of the graves that are in random places was. And it was so... Like, this place is just... It's almost... It sounds fictional. This place itself sounds fictional. And there's so many like unique everything about it's just so unique and so different um i found there was a stone of a lady who had passed away on on my birthday like not actually the exact like year but the 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 day and the month was the same um and i left something on her on her stone like on my birthday as like a, a sign of like i'm remembering you because she'd been gone for quite a long time i think it was like 1860 um, and I felt really touched by it, and I was like, I wonder when the last time someone came to her to her grave was to remember her. So I left a little um offering for her, um, and the next time we went to the cemetery, there was this grey tabby cat just staring at me. Didn't move. Didn't like you know how like cats have like little satellite dishes for ears, and their ears are bobbing around, and like none of that just staring right at me, dead at me. I got a photo of it um, and I can post that as well. But like, I've never experienced anything like this. And I'm a little bit more witchily inclined, I would say. (laughs) Um, And I've never experienced anything like that. And looking at it, looking at this cat, looking at this, the, the figure that I saw, at least a partial figure that I saw, like an apparition, I was like, I didn't, I didn't imagine this. I know I saw it, and I I clearly didn't imagine the cat because I got a photo of it. But, like, there's just so much to it. There's so many different things going on in, in this in this cemetery, and no wonder with so many people that are there resting, there's got to be some energy, you know? Whether you believe in it or not, there's only an infinite amount of energy in the world. That's a scientific fact. Like, they proved that. So, where does it go? You know what I mean? Um it's it's insane like the overcrowding is insane and at the time because obviously like in the 1800s till it was it was 
you know, still become, it was becoming increasingly overcrowded because they've stopped using this cemetery now. So it has, it is no longer becoming overcrowded. It is just overcrowded. Um, And at the time that it was like becoming like hugely um, overcrowded and things like that, there was exceptionally poor like sanitation, hygiene. As I mentioned, there was loads of water contamination. The water itself was running through the graveyard and through the graves themselves. The water that people were like, you know, having to use, it was in the drainage systems and things like that. Can you imagine the things that that would bring with it? The bacteria and the viruses, you know, like dysentery. You played Oregon Trail, you fucking heard about dysentery. <laughs> Everybody died of dysentery in Oregon Trail. A game, a game gave no shits. You, I don't, has anybody ever finished that game? No. True fact, no one has ever finished Oregon Trail. Um, but like, there's so much that goes with this, and it's affecting everyone in such a, a small space. You know, like it's gonna have a knock-on effect. Um, I actually found a really interesting, like, little report. Um, it was published in 1850 by a man called Benjamin Herschel Babbage. Babbage is a glorious name. Are we gonna appreciate that for a second? Yes, Babbage is a glorious name. Um. He'd stated that 41%, 41% of Howard's child population died before the age of six. Like, let that let that sink in for a second. That's that's grim. That's really grim. Um the average life expectancy within the village was 24 years old. And that's that's really grim, but I also want to point out that I myself am 24. And by 1850 standards, I am now for, I am a pensioner. <laughs> I am elderly as far as the 1850s is concerned. I do not know how I feel about this. <laughs> um, Babbage had requested that gravestones would like to not be laid flat. And bearing in mind, there are a lot of them. As I mentioned, like some of them um, make the pathways the closest to the church. There's rows and rows of like flat stones. Um, they were limiting the growth of like shrubs and things like that that would help with the decomposition of the people that were laid to rest. So you've got to think about a lot of these stones are flat. People aren't like the body isn't naturally able to decompose as it should be. And then they're digging up this grave and adding somebody else in to lay them to rest and then they're digging it back up again and adding another person in to lay to rest nothing is nothing's going anywhere and teamed with the water that's running through the graves it doesn't even bear thinking about it makes me feel a little bit like sick when you kind of think about the things that will be passing through this water into the system that the people are using day to day um Trees were planted in like the 1860s, which overhang a lot of the plots as well. A lot of them are quite well hidden. Um, but there's a, a lot of grass and like like overgrown foliage, lots and lots of grass. Again, particularly in like the higgledy-piggledy area where they're all kind of in different areas rather than in like straight rows, as you would traditionally see. It kind of looks like nature's taken over. Um, and it's beautiful. Like it doesn't look like it's been unkept or it doesn't look like it's been forgotten about. It just looks very beautiful. And I think because of everything that happened there um, and the way that people weren't necessarily able to kind of like be rested as they deserved or as they could do at the time because of the way things were, it's maybe their kind of way of saying like letting nature take its course and things like that. Um, The schoolhouse, which is just over the way as well, had a lot of like diaries from it. 
and it uh, there was a lot of suggestions of um like poor health of the children smallpox measles like whooping cough and scarlet fever are mentioned like quite frequently in the actual like the diaries of the kids that were at the at the schoolhouse consumption was a massive killer in this time period um if you don't know what consumption is, consumption was now known as tuberculosis. We've all heard of tuberculosis. It's a bacterial disease which attacks your lungs and is said to literally consume the person who contracts it. It's absolutely awful. It's a really horrible, horrible disease to catch. Um, symptoms can include persistent coughing, which would eventually result in coughing significant amounts of blood, um, sweats, loss of appetite, severe fatigue... It was one of the biggest killers in the Victorian era, like, and throughout the world, obviously not just within the UK, but like throughout the world. If you want to know more about kind of consumption and this time period, I really, really, really recommend that you listen to um, Morbid Podcast. They do an episode on the New England Vampire Panic. It's episode 264. I really recommend it. It's a really interesting episode because Elena and Ash are amazing at going really in-depth and things like that. They're, they are the goal. That's what I'm aspiring to do with this uh, with this podcast. But it's a really interesting, interesting one because they cover consumption a lot. And getting, I'm somewhat getting sidetracked from, from consumption, but not really, and you'll see why. Um, next to the cemetery is the parsonage. It's kind of, it's almost in the center of it. So if you were looking at it from like a bird's eye view, the church is in like the bottom right corner the parsonage is on the top le- uh, top right corner and the cemetery is down the top and bottom left-hand side of it. Um, it's a... Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful house. So the parsonage itself is quite famous. You might have heard of it. Um, there was a gentleman there called Patrick. Um, his wife, his name was Maria. They had six children. Um, three of them happened to be named Emily and, and Charlotte. If that rings any bells, do you? Drum roll. <laughs> so this house has belonged to the Brontes. How cool is this? This house still exists. The Bronte sisters' house still exists. It's absolutely incredible. This house is immaculate. It's so beautifully cared for. Um, you can actually go into it. It's a museum these days. Um, it's looked after by the Bronte Society, who do a beautiful, beautiful job of looking after the house you can go through the rooms you can go and have a look at how they pretty much how it was laid out some things aren't exactly as they were but they do a good job of like having a little bit of detail for each room so you can get a really good sense of how things were they've got some lovely like um artifacts things that belong to them dresses like writing tables like even wax seals and things like that how they've managed to keep them so pristine for so long is amazing um but i really do recommend going and and seeing it the house itself is just i mean i would live there i think given the opportunity i'd be like hi yes please i wouldn't move anything i'll just sleep in the corridor thanks i think (laughs) we'll just i keep everything as it is and i'll just sleep in the corridor because this house is beautiful um it's got its own kind of like spooky goodness like in its own right so as you go up the staircase, there's a really teeny tiny room. It almost looks like someone's like cut out a sliver of a corridor. It's so tiny. Um, and it was said to be like the room that like the, the kids would use like when they were really young. Um, 
and there's a section of the wall that they've managed to kind of like cordon off so to speak um it's got like a like a plastic panel over it so you can't touch it but you can look at it and there's like drawings on the walls that um all of the children had done which is amazing but kind of creepy um there's uh morning bracelets and letters that have been passed from like person to person between sisters to friends and family and things like that and which you can go and read as well which are really really cool and really interesting to look at um i love stuff like that like morning morning jewelry i think is so interesting to me um i'm really kind of quite lucky i've um got a a small morning brooch uh, that my partner bought for me for my, my birthday um and I love it it's amazing because they're just that era of kind of like almost like being very aware and celebrating death that was very prominent in like the Victorian era it's just so interesting I could witter on about the Victorians from now until the end of time I just think it's it's fascinating and ha- like having those to look at is so interesting as well I got lots of photos of those that I can can post that are from the actual uh, Bronte Society museum um the dining room is probably the creepiest place like it, it it's not necessarily creepy but i think it's a little bit when you if you go in and you don't know what to expect you have a sudden moment of oh damn okay um it's a really beautiful room and they've kept it exactly as it is um, and in the corner of the room there's this beautiful uh big leather sofa and the leather sofa is said to be where emily uh, Bronte passed away um and it's very when when you once you read that and then you kind of like or at least I did I looked at like I read this and I looked over at the sofa and I was like my opinion of the sofa has changed drastically because <laughs> it walked in I was like oh that's really nice that's quite pretty and I was like oh oh okay okay I get it now <laughs> I understand now um this family suffered huge amounts of loss um Again, like tuberculosis consumption um, was a really large part of that, unfortunately. And, you know, there was just a really kind of a sense of of sadness. Um, But there was also so much creativity. There was so much passion and love. Um, You can see the the teeny tiny like uh, magazines that they used to make that are so tiny and so difficult to read. They have to put them under magnifying glasses so you can try and read them. It's so interesting it's such a wonderful place to go and just to see such a accurate portion of their life like it's it's a sliver of what it was like for them bearing in mind that they all died quite young unfortunately as well bless them but it's so interesting to be able to to look at um there's also a really big focus on Branwell as well um which is really nice um so Branwell was the was their brother now you've probably seen there's a painting that Branwell actually had made of um Charlotte Emily and and himself but he later paints himself out of the painting um and there's a, a replica of it in the house and it's very very creepy because you he's not completely painted out of it there's this it's very kind of watery so there's this really ghostly figure just in the background behind them it's very very strange but there is a big focus on him as well. Um, because Branwell's life was very interesting. He um was an alcoholic. It was said that he was addicted to opium as well. Um and he had a lot of kind of like failed careers as like as a writer and, and things like that. 
um, and there is a representation of his room in the house. So there's a lot of kind of like drawings and things that they know were made by him. There's a lot of drawings in general because obviously they were very creative people. Um, so there's some really lovely uh, works of Flossie the dog, which are just so cute. You can buy prints of them in the gift shop and it melted my heart. Um, but also drawings that Bran had done of like cats and things like that. Um, and some of his writings and things like that. Bran was seen to be quite a troubled soul. Um, and he also, as I mentioned, was an alcoholic and he drank at this very spooky place as well. Um, just literally next to the, next to the church. It's, I think if you were at the parsonage and had to walk to this place that's next to church, it would probably take you like a minute and a half tops Two, if you fancy going for a saunter, like it's so close. Um, and it is the Black Bull pub. So, I mean, we're British. We love a pub. Anything that sells alcohol, we're like, yep, sign me up. I'm interested. Um, but this pub is really, really cool. It's right on the top of the hill. Um, and at the, at the back of the pub, when you're walking up the hill, it congratulates you on walking up the hill and says you should celebrate by having a pint, which I love. I think that's so cool. Um it's a really interesting place. So this pub is one of the oldest in the UK. It's said to have been there since the 16th century, um, from what I could find. Um, but it's also one of the most haunted pubs in the UK. Um, it's just, it, it looks quite, it looks very kind of like unassuming from the outside. It looks like a regular pub. Um, it's got some character to it as well. It has been recently renovated on the inside, but on the outside they have a little, um, black beer keg that's mounted to the floor and it's like a uh, doggy beer written on it <laughs> which is just a fun little tidbit which I just thought was super cute um but it was kind of it was frequented a lot obviously by the locals and frequented a lot by uh Branwell who was also known as Bran um Bran was said to have his chair in like quote marks in the parlor and he would uh, drink he would tell stories to proprietors and everyone would like gather around him because he wasn't like trying to be a successful writer he had so many different things to tell them um i had a look like through the actual black ball and the owners and they're like their site as well um and they tell a little a story of branwell use like evading discovery by his family i think sneeze branwell evading discovery by um by his family by escaping into the graveyard and going uh, to the parsonage via a kitchen window along the church wall of the Black Bull, which you can see. So the ch- the the windows on the Black Bull look directly out to the graves, um, which is kind of creepy. Imagine working there and looking out a window and just seeing a tombstone. That's terrifying. Don't think about that room. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the pub has been host to a, a ton of ghost tours. They regularly do ghost tours um, like in the village. Most Haunted actually went to the to it as well which is amazing i need to see if i can find that episode and and watch that um the staff have said that the bell at the bar which used to ring for drinks and at the end of the night uh, will ring on its own and it'll ring through the night as well so staff will go out to hear the bell ringing and there's obviously there's nobody there and this apparently happens quite regularly as well um glasses will just fly off the bar um brand's chair is supposedly still there and I say supposedly because it depends on who you ask some people say it's the original chair some people say it's a replica um but there are reports of saying that his figure or um like an apparition of him is said to sit in the chair still and to be there um 
People have also reported seeing him walk across the cobbles uh, from the pharmacy opposite to the pub itself. So the pharmacy used to provide him with his opium for his addiction. Um, the pharmacy is still there. You can go into the pharmacy. It's now a really beautiful um, kind of like apothecary and like oddity shop um, called the Cabinet of Curiosities. I really wholeheartedly recommend you go and visit this place. I'll put a link for um, their Instagram and things like in the notes. So you can go and have a look because it's absolutely amazing. Um, the interior is pretty much as was. I seriously recommend this place. It's so creepy and spooky. Um, all of the original drawers. You can buy like um, replica medicine bottles as well for like a couple of pounds. It's just a, a wonderful place to go. And I think that that shop kind of, for me, sums up how the rest of the village sees uh, like its heritage and sees um, at the cemetery and the Brontes and things like that because as opposed to kind of like digging the 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 history way that's a little bit more unsavory shall we say um it really celebrates it like it almost seems like a bit of a place for pilgrimage where you would go and learn about the heritage of of Haworth the heritage of the cemetery and the church the heritage of the Brontes um and be able to go and look at everything, but they really celebrate that kind of spooky aura. So as I mentioned, they do lots of ghost tours. Um, they also have a steampunk festival as well, which I found um, around October time. I'm not sure if it's October every year, but it was October for this year, um, which looked amazing. It just kind of oozes this really spooky goodness. There's so much heritage and there's so much character. And like, even the houses themselves have got loads of character, like... They're decorated in a way that's just not your average kind of like terraced house. They're colourful. There's like fun things hanging in the windows. Things that people that live there have made are like on little um, benches outside for people to help themselves to and to buy and things like that. I've never really seen anything like this place. Um, I really do recommend that you go and you go and have a look because it's just so different to everything that I've ever seen before um and it's just such a cool place like this this first episode I think is a bit more of a fleeting glimpse into the history of Haworth but I suppose that's because I, I want you to go I want you to go and see what this place is like I want you to experience it for yourself I want you to go and experience the parsonage and then I want you to go through the cemetery and, and do Top Withens, walk to Top Withens, which is supposed to be the building that inspired Wuthering Heights. Wuthering Heights is one of my most favourite books. I want you to go and take some time to look at everything and I suppose it's a bit of an unofficial advert for how I, I suppose but it's such a wonderful place and it has this real sense of energy but it's a warm energy it's 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 not like oh there's loads of graves and there's this really creepy energy it's it's nothing of the sort when i and i still swear <laughs> i'm going to die on this hill um i swear that like when i saw that figure as i was walking along as i like, i got a sense that i was definitely being watched but it wasn't this sense of like this is really creepy someone's following me someone's watching me it was like someone's keeping an eye on me and i was walking alone at night and someone was keeping an eye on me and that's different. That's special. And I think I think you should go and visit that place because you'll see something or you'll experience something that is like nothing that you'll have ever experienced before. I hope very much so that you enjoyed the very, very first 
episode of Creepatorium. Um, I don't have a set schedule for the episodes. They're kind of going to happen as and when. Um, because I'm doing this for fun, you know? And I'm the kind of person that... Um, I take things a little bit too seriously and I run at things full pelt and I burn out. And I don't want to do that with this. I want to keep this fun. I want to keep it interesting. I'm going to go for a true crime next. We'll be going up to Scotland for this true crime. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that bad boy. It's a absolutely incredible. It's a whirlwind case. Whirlwind case. Um, so I want to make sure that I do it as much justice as I can for obviously like the victims and to make sure that I can get as much information to you as I can. Um, but thank you so much for, for coming by and listening to the episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, let me know. If you didn't, please don't tell me. Um, <laughs> um, you can find um our instagram which is at creepatorium podcast if you want to um have a look at some of the images like i say i want to drop some bits and pieces for you to have a look at to kind of help um paddle on the story um or if you want to send me an email as well you can send us an email at creepatorium podcast at gmail.com um, if you have any recommendations of things that you would like to hear or you would like to look at send them my way i would love to read them i would love to see what you guys think um like I say, I'm doing this for fun, so I want to make sure that it's fun, and we're going to create a little spooky hub, a little spooky community um, of true crimers and ghost fans, ghost busters, horror fans, everything. So, yeah, thank you for coming by, um, and I will see you next time on Creepatorium. <laughs>